0: Retro Rebel Gamecast Episode 81 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebels is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda.
1: Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: So, uh... This is uh, being recorded the week of Eshtar, Easter. Uh, Eshtar for the other pagans out there. Um, so, who, uh, so how are things?
1: Dude, things are things are looking up, man. They are bloody looking up.
0: I dig it. I dig so, it. So,
1: feeling positive. I'm off to good old Dubai uh, on Sunday for work thing and uh yeah i'm quite excited about it it'll it'll be an interesting adventure and um just generally feeling positive i I paid off my student loans i'm now a debt-free human being things are
0: just generally like admin
1: stuff is good
0: yeah well that's great i mean that's awesome being debt-free i can i can't imagine what that's like i've don't know that i've ever been there so since i was a child So maybe I could get back to the whimsy of being a child and and debt-free. One day. One day, I hope. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So what have you been playing?
1: Oh, mate. I have a story to tell you. Okay. (laughs) I remember I was playing Crackdown, and I didn't fancy it. Uh, And it sat in my Xbox console for probably about two weeks. I didn't ever boot it up again after that point. Uh, Then I I popped it back in the post like I usually do to send it back to uh, Boomerang Rentals and I didn't get any notification that they received it and two weeks went by and I was like what is actually going on and I messaged them they never got it but. They were like, as long as you don't cancel within the next three months, we're just going to wipe it off and send you the next game. And I was like, that's a, you're doing me a solid. Like you could charge me full price for this game. Like it's you, it's your word against mine that I sent it back.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Um, Obviously if they had done that, I would have taken a screenshot of the amount of time I actually played the game and been like, I obviously had not kept it.
0: (laughs) Right.
1: Um, but, yeah, they, they totally did me a solid... They sent me out a new game. While I was waiting for that game to arrive, um, I downloaded and played for the low, low price of $2... Uh, or £2.75. pence. Reus?
0: Now, how do you spell that?
1: R-E-U-S. Have you heard of this game? No. So, it is a... It's a God-style civilization sort of game, but instead of being humanity, you are the planet. Okay. And the whole goal of it is that you're a planet, you control four planet deities, uh, Earth, uh, or sorry, mountain, water, swamp, and forest. And you need to terraform the surface of the planet. And the game view is just like a round planet ball. And you can zoom into sections of it. And you need to terraform the surface in order for human civilizations to develop. You need to plant in every patch of land specific resources, whether that's animals, minerals, uh, plants themselves. Um, And by doing... a specific combination of different types of resources, you can promote and advance the civilization, you need to, you can go to battle against them, you can wipe out their civilization, you can put them next to each other so they fight each other, you can do kind of all sorts of things, and there are hundreds and hundreds of achievements to get for doing specific sort of scenarios. Huh. Um, it's the most fun I've had for a couple books. To be honest, right. it's, it's a very simple game. You pick it up pretty quickly. I would say there's like a lot to remember. So, like, what combinations of things get you the highest amount of any particular type of resource? Um, and sorry about any background noise. There is some jerk in my neighborhood riding a four wheeler around at 10 minutes to 10 p.m. Okay. Can you hear I that? Hear it. I mean,. It just, this is a residential gated community let's just talk about how why is this dude riding a four-wheeler around on the street <laughs> anyway
0: I think that's the I wouldn't approach him about it I would be like mm, that no <laughs> something, something something right
1: yeah it's uh it's it's been it's been interesting across the street today uh anyway so um yeah so I, I played that um it's pretty fun I unlocked quite a few achievements for playing it. And then I got my game in the mail that I was looking forward to, uh, which is We Happy Few.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I always was kind of interested about that. It got some positive or negative reviews, and some a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of a lot of people saying how buggy it was. But
1: yeah, you know what? It's not that bad, actually. The story itself, the premise, is. Super interesting and I think that that makes up for a lot of its flaws now our main topic today is actually going to be relevant to this So I won't dwell on it, but some of the flaws are lessened by the difficulty at which you play the game um, But the general premise of the story is that you uh, You live in a post-World War II variant British society uh the British people committed grave atrocities in order to uh survive the war and it was all too horrible to live with so they all started medicating themselves with a pill called joy that makes everything seem hunky-dory within the first five minutes so this isn't spoilers you realize that they are redacting any unpleasant news from the media um uh, there is obviously a shortage of food so when they're taking these drugs they think that they're you know eating birthday cake and whatever and it's actually rats and spoiled cabbage delicious so it's it's a very interesting premise on uh, you initially start off playing as a dude who for one reason or another has some sort of flashback about one of the atrocities and decides to stop taking the medication and the story goes sort of from there. Um, it's interesting. I think there's a lot of lore, lots of notes and things to pick up. Some of the scenes are like quite gruesome when you're not on your joy. Um, but it's an, it's an interesting story, and for a relatively indie title, I think it's good. I don't agree with the criticism that it didn't port over well onto the console. I don't experience any problems running it so far. I've only made it to the third zone, so maybe problems happen later. Um, but generally speaking, it seems to function adequately enough as a vehicle to stel- tell a very interesting story.
0: Hmm. Well, I like the premise, for sure. And I did when I first heard about it. I thought it reminded me a little bit of Bioshock. Um, again, from having never played it at all, then the only thing, only in premise, did it remind yeah. me of Bioshock. So.
1: I, I, I say it's it's not far off, artistically, from Bioshock. Okay. Okay. And the British accents are hilarious.
0: Are they good?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're not bad. They're just very uh they're very like extreme. Like it's not uh, the normal British that you would imagine. It's like pretty harsh cockney and like some northern thrown in.
0: Yeah. That's the best. And the yeah. most difficult. It's
1: not bad. Story. I definitely recommend it. If you can if you can pick it up for a, a couple bucks, it's definitely worth it to experience. At least what I've seen of the story so far. I I would say I've probably played about uh, about six or seven hours of it over the course of two days. Okay.
0: So the the uh, so you played though this is the only two games that you played. I mean, I say the only. I mean, you have been playing them quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I I tried to boot up um, Telltale's The Walking Dead, and I just can't get past um, that part in the forest with the with the zombies where you're supposed to like drop rocks on them. I yeah. I cannot get that part at all i i think i'm gonna i think that game's just parked for me i just can't get past it
0: interesting i've wanted to finish it you know I, that's the last chapter i wanted to see kind of how the story ended i think it's done now they've released every episode
1: i i have no idea um there was something going on with its ability to download additional episodes but maybe because i haven't finished the one that i'm on maybe it doesn't let you download it in advance i don't know it
0: should it it just maybe won't let you boot it up or something i don't know right maybe
1: they're they're not released in the uk yet
0: that could be yeah that could be it's not worth the research for me though so
1: Yeah, Uh, I I, I literally can't get, do you know the part I'm talking about with the rocks? I don't, no, I
0: I haven't gotten, I haven't even booted it up at all. I didn't, I think I'm, I don't even know if I bought it the last episode.
1: Okay. Yeah, there's, I'm I'm telling you, there's a part and I don't know what exactly I'm doing wrong, but it's impassable.
0: Impassable. Yeah. That is not impossible, but impassable.
1: Impassable.
0: I like it a word that's not often used. I uh, I don't have anything uh, new to report in terms of game playing either. Uh, I've been playing the same two games for the last you know two weeks, I guess since the last time we spoke. Hearthstone, uh, the new expansion, Rise of the Shadows, which I was a little bit bitter at, and I still am, and we will get to that in our actual topic. Uh, part of the reason why I am. But uh, I
1: love that you said either, but yet I have played two completely different games. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, <laughs> English, I was, I, I be good at it. Um, I good speak. I good speak. I speak gooder, and uh, so I played Hearthstone, Rise of the Shadows, and and I'm still, you know, chipping away at reputations in World of Warcraft. So I'm trying to get uh, my my flying. Uh, you know, one of the big things in, in Warcraft is being able to fly. You've, you, you know, once you you feel like you've really earned it after you've completed most of the world content in any new expansion, um, usually there's some extensive, somewhat, sometimes even convoluted, uh, achievements that you have to get to unlock flying so that you can, you know, and, and I, I, get it and there's a lot to see in the world. And so they, they kind of put it behind that, that, uh, grind wall and that's okay. I, I'm actually completely fine with that, um. And, but I do like to be able to, to see the light at the end of the tunnel to feel like that is achievable because I feel like in a couple right. of the expansions, and I know you don't have any point of reference in these, but, um, like Warlords of Draenor, which is uh, two expansions ago, the whole process of getting flying in that particular was shit. It was just the worst. And uh, I never will get it. I didn't get it. I'm done with it. I, I don't even go back to that area anymore. I never will. That's, I dislike it that much, the process anyway. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. They I think they've tinkered with it and they got the formula better. It's done much better this time. And so uh, I'm just working on a few things. And I should have my flying, you know, one day before this expansion is over. Uh, so I've been, I've been playing that and it's still fun. I'm really enjoying that and, and the uh, island expeditions and stuff. But, uh, I recently, you know, I'm a month in to the, well, to, I mean, we're probably two weeks into the expansion for Hearthstone and I'm into the new month and then this is the year of the dragon now. And, uh, so there are a number of, of, uh, card sets that are no longer playable in the standard, uh, you know, competition. And so that was discouraging. I talked about that, I think last episode how, uh, you know, how that works and having to buy new cards and all this, that and the other. Well, I also mentioned that I succumbed to that and bought, <laughs> bought it. Bought no, new cards. I did. Um, but I did that. I did that like right before it came out. And I was like, well, when it comes out, I'll just try it. I'll open the cards and see what I get. And then, you know, and we'll go from there. I wasn't really excited about having a whole new meta to get used to and, and to figure out and to change my deck and have to add a whole bunch of new cards and figure out new mechanics. So, uh, so I booted it up a couple days ago on my phone. Cause I had, I was stuck someplace and I just, I wanted to play something and, uh, I booted it up and, uh, I, i got got onto hearth, uh, Hearthone and uh, or Hearthpone, I think is it. It is spelled. I can't remember if it's Hearthone or Hearthpone. Either way, it's it's one of those websites that's dedicated just to this particular Blizzard game that has all the different card decks and a forum and and people can share. And right now, it integrates really well with your game, uh, which is it's sweet because uh, and and how it works basically is you if you find a deck that you really like to play with, at the very bottom of the list of cards it says copy to clipboard. I can copy that to clipboard, open hearthstone, open a deck, like say open this, that was a mage deck that I, that I saved open hearthstone, uh, open a a, 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 mage deck and say, do you want, do I want to fill this deck with my, the cards on my clipboard? And it will. So it'll fill with all of those cards. So I don't have to switch back and forth, get out of the game, go back to that page, come back to the game, search out that card. It'll do it all for you. And, Which is fantastic, huge time saver, super seamless. And it will also add cards to the deck that you don't have, which is really helpful if you just need, if you had a bunch of dust and you wanted to create a card or you could create the card. Uh, You don't have to go seek it out. It has just streamlined the whole process and allowed me to, you know, spend more money. So. Uh, or at least help me justify the money that I did spend I was like okay well this <laughs> this is not as cumbersome I feel better about this I created a deck that I'm that I'm confident in and I you know so for the next so however many weeks um, until they tinker with it too much I'll, I'll probably play some more hearthstone so I've enjoyed it I did enjoy it once I created that deck and got back in and started playing even though the mechanics are different and I'm not really used to it yet the deck is fun.
1: And, um,
0: uh, and that makes the game fun. So, uh, I, all right. I well, know. look, it's
1: good that you're getting back into it. Cause last time we talked, you were saying that you're probably going to just be done.
0: Well, I was considering being done and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm saying I'm not far from, from being back on that wagon. I don't know how much longer it will be like this because I'm not buying any more cards. Like I won't, I don't, I, I always only buy that first when it's on sale and you get like 50 packs for Forty bucks or whatever it is. Oh yeah, uh, I always, I will do that one, and then I, you know, I then I end up uh, either turning as many of the cards as I that I don't need to dust, so I can create all the cards that I do want. Right, um, and I just roll with that. If I don't have a card, then I just insert something else, and I try to win. And and the game has been fun up to that, but I just I don't know if it will warrant another large purchase like that. Again, because this one was really hard to swallow and I I don't know that I would do it again. Um, I have officially learned my lesson on all of the other digital games and any other purchases where I'm thinking that really looks good on 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 the screen. Uh, I'm going to spend top dollar for it. I promise, Amanda, I have learned my lesson. The Division two ruined me. It ruined me. It's that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was it.
1: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I think that's a perfect segue into my news.
0: Ooh, yes. Well, that is a perfect segue. So, what do you have for said news?
1: Well, for someone considering the reluctance of digital products, I'm sure that you will be surprised to learn that Xbox is re-releasing the Xbox One S with no disk drive.
0: (laughs) It's funny that you said that, because I think I had that in news as well. Or at least I saw it. Yeah. So. Absolutely, yes. So, go on.
1: Uh, So, it's going to have one terabyte of storage, uh, no disk drive, and I think they're throwing in a discounted subscription to uh, the uh, Game game Pass, uh, and it comes preloaded with three games, but as we've all learned the big risk with you know digitally downloading products is that the return policy is just not robust enough if you bought a game at the shop and you didn't like it you could return it
0: um
1: and especially if you buy a game through amazon and you didn't like it you can bloody return that thing like forever later like so I, i i find it pretty interesting um especially because now what is this the fourth version of xbox one yeah, um i think so and it seems a bit cash grabby uh it's 199 pounds so that's going to be uh r- roughly what 250 dollars us do you have the u.s price mm,
0: two yeah it's
1: 250 all right um And I just feel like for a console that is now the age that the Xbox One is now, especially with the talk of the Sony PS5 having extreme graphic loading capability to be near zero load times and 8K native resolution, that Xbox is just grasping at the last death throws of their current generation. I don't know if they have anything really in the pipeline anytime soon. I mean, I'm sure they've got something, but right. maybe they're worried now that they've seen the rumors about PS5.
0: Well, I have a theory about this. I think, and I haven't read this, and it may be already published somewhere or somebody said it. Um, originally, They, the Xbox, they wanted to release the Xbox One with no disk drive to begin with. They had a lot of really bad ideas. Uh, coming out with that, they were no disc drive, DRM, all this stuff. Well, they didn't do that. They did add a disc drive, um, and uh, I think that that was a good decision. I think they're releasing this one because I, I think they're just trying to see how it's received, where it's not really costing them a whole lot to do this, uh, or a lot more. You know, I mean, they, I'm sure they've gotten their money back on the Xbox. They're they're in the yeah you know, in the black at this point, so. I think that this is just an attempt to see how this works, and because I think that they want to do this, I think they want to move this way, uh, where they have just a system that's basically your hard drive. It's like a PC, is what it essentially is, because uh, many PCs come without disk drives now. And well, this I, is
1: a horrible move for someone who rents her games. This is going to cost me a fortune.
0: Absolutely, and 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 I think and I've got. That is my soapbox to be completely honest. Um, So, so really I'll let you finish because I do have, I do have something to say about that. And I, I don't, I don't think this is a good thing for the consumer. Just full stop. This is not a good thing for the consumer. Full stop.
1: No, I, I agree. I'm not going to argue with you on that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i think options is where it's at i think options is good for the consumer i think what this does is this steers us into it it forces us into streaming and streaming media services and and uh and and into downloading digital property um when we do this this is going to put all of the power in the hands of uh the developers and the and and the and uh, the the those that are actually releasing the games, those that are, um, you know, the, the big, uh, you know, EA, Ubisoft, um, all of these companies, they're going to be in the driver's seat and they're going to control everything. They all have all the cards. Basically, we will just be we will be glorified uh, renters, I guess, essentially everything yeah. that you purchase will be actually rented. You're just going to pay a shit ton for it. You're going to pay sixty dollars to rent a game. You're going to get to rent a game indefinitely, but that indefinitely is going to be in quotes. That's until they're done supporting it. And when they're done supporting it, then you no longer have it. And that will be in the fine print that nobody reads. You know?
1: Yeah. Reference our previous podcast on EULA's. Uh, <laughs> <You Liz. laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: Yes. So, I- segueing from the Xbox One to Sony's latest news, did you see the Sony story that came out? I didn't. I saw that they were.
0: I've seen a number of uh, news outlets say something about the new PS Five, but I, I haven't read any of them yet.
1: Uh, well, the new PS Five, as I briefly mentioned, is supposed to support native eight K resolution. It's going to have a stonker of processing power, and they're promising virtually no load times.
0: Oh wow! Maybe that will. Maybe they'll release a new Mass Effect then.
1: That would be pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) But the news I was talking about from Sony is the ruling from on high that they are now going to ban all sexual content from PlayStation games.
0: What?
1: Yep. Uh, So a new report says that Sony has confirmed. Did Disney buy them? Huh?
0: Did Disney buy them?
1: I have no idea, but it says new in-house standards will ban developers from including sexual content, even where it's allowed locally.
0: Really, I wonder if it's just, if if that means implied sex or?
1: Well, they like- they go on to say that they they haven't said when the guidelines are going to be introduced and what the guidelines actually are, but there's a concern about. Um, titles like Grand Theft Auto 6 which have already started to make changes so that they don't have to do it later on. Mm. Um, Devil May Cry 5 apparently already had mild nudity censored on the PlayStation um, where developers use lens flare to cover up a character's briefly exposed bottom. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're saying that the policy seems to be introduced in the wake of the Me Too movement. Um, And this means that games that they had previously blocked from European and American channels, but allowed in Japan will now just be banned entirely.
0: Wow. So I don't like how we were
1: talking about censorship last week. Now the company is just censoring the developers.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you know what? I think they take one step forward and maybe a big step backward. I don't think that that's a good idea either. I think that they... Oh, my goodness. I'm anxious to see how this is truly defined and to see how that's going to play out. I'm willing to bet that this is not going to be received well, and, and I know... That just sounds like a knee-jerk reaction, and I'm not even sure where it's coming from, to be honest. Like, what games do they produce that are sexually explicit?
1: Uh, I think they have a couple, like, Japanese schoolgirl fighting titles and stuff that seem to be referenced Besides that a lot. Are alive. Yeah, but, like, that are just released in Japan that aren't even released in the U.S. and Europe. Um, but they're now saying that they're just not going to release that sort of game like full stop, and apparently the process will be for developers to bring the game in front of them, and if there is sexual content, they'll just say no. (laughs) Hmm. So, potentially you could build a game for the PlayStation platform and then have them say no on the basis of something within the game. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah, quite unusual and unusually, and uh, it keeps continuing. I have one more news story. It's local to me.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: So the Victoria and Albert Museum here in London is opening a video game exhibition um, in the museum itself it's exploring the cultural importance of video games Um, and it opens this weekend it's called design play and disrupt Um, and it looks at how games are made and how they confront issues including politics race and gender and it's a semi-interactive exhibition at one of the largest museums in london
0: wow okay and uh what is the museum which museum is it
1: victoria and albert museum
0: Victoria and Albert or in the v and V&A. V-N-A.
1: Yeah. You know Queen Victoria and Albert her lover. Indeed. They made this giant museum. It's called the Victoria and Albert Museum. She made it for him like in honor of him I think when he died. Although now you're testing my uh my it understanding is. of uh you're making economics. it all
0: up and we all agree that it that it is fascinating. So um, yeah, I know. I just was curious because I was going to put that in the notes. I um, Yeah, look, it's, cool. it's, at,
1: it's at the V ampersand A, the V and A, uh, and it runs until September 8th. You get tickets on their website.
0: How about them apples? Well, <laughs> yeah, if you're positive. in London, check it out. Yeah, that's that's positive. I had one positive news story that I wanted to add as well, since I've already been on my soapbox and, and we, we've we had some some negatives. Uh, and I stole them I in the beard. <laughs> the, the importance of video games is is, I think that's noteworthy, and that's that's awesome. I'm glad they're doing something like that. Um, I wanted to say uh, talk about the story from out of Ubisoft. I think uh, GameSpot uh, reported this. Ubisoft is donating five hundred thousand to uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral restoration.
1: Oh, that's uh, awesome.
0: Yeah, and and part of that is because. Uh, that they 3D mapped the Notre Dame Cathedral for one of the Assassin's Creed games. Um, which would be sort of helpful when you're trying to put it back together. Um, I think that's awesome. And, uh, you know, that's, a, that's one of the cool things that games has provided uh, or does provide uh, that you would never have thought of. And that in a million years, probably I wouldn't have even considered that as being, hey, that's something that might happen where a game uh, was created and, and then the, the technology that was used to create the game now is being used to help put together a historical monument. You know, I think that's pretty That's cool. amazing. Yeah.
1: Games are useful y'all
0: games are useful. <laughs> well um, that brings us to our main topic. Uh, not seamlessly, but does bring us to our main topic of, is easy mode necessary or do you even like easy mode easy mode what is easy mode um so uh yeah so easy mode in gaming what are your thoughts
1: okay well i'm pretty sure it comes as no surprise to you (laughs) that i am a huge fan of easy mode um love 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 um and there are a couple reasons for this uh the first reason is that i get quite frustrated when i get stuck at a point in the game so you know this problem i'm having with telltale is a perfect example where i am just stuck for no reason at a point in the game um and i can't get past it so that is A, not fun, and B, uh, just defeats the, the point and the immersion of the story itself. So right. I almost always play in easy mode if it's an option. Not because I'm bad at games, I play plenty of multiplayer, and, and that you're obviously playing against real people who are going to be good um so it's not it's not that um but I like to play easy mode because I in, want to just stay immersed I don't want to potentially um take significant damage die and get kicked out of the the story that I was following yeah. um so I would define an easy mode as the ability to reduce the threat level of the enemies or increase your character's power where you have a significant advantage where the threat of your character actually dying is limited um so that you can progress through the story quickly in fact i think in dragon age when i did it on easy uh dragon age inquisition i don't think i died at all actually the whole time all like 38 hours of it
0: does it take away? Did that particular game take away from like uh, some of your choices or some of the the endings you could experience because you went through easy mode?
1: I don't think so. It does take away some achievements that you can get in some games. So right. you know, like Which Halo okay is a good example yeah. uh, where you you have to be playing it on normal or better to get the majority of Halo achievements. Um, Halo, ironically enough, I never played on easy. Um, because it is an easy game,
0: right. to be
1: honest, um, it's it's much less difficult than many other shooters. Um, or, or but the majority of, of the, yeah the majority of games, if there is an easy mode, I will play it. Now some games they don't give you that option, and I think I probably whenever you don't get an option, that's when I don't usually like the game. Um, So Crackdown, I had the same thing, it was a bit cheesy, and then I was progressing through the story, I thought I was building enough power, I leveled up a couple times, and then I just got absolutely slaughtered. And I didn't go outside of the zone, I just went to the next place in the story, and I got absolutely smeared. Um, uh, Assassin's Creed has a very steep learning curve, in my opinion. Um, I couldn't even play Shadows of Mordor, that was impossible.
0: Yeah. Um, I started it, but.
1: Yeah. So that's my opinion. I like to play in easy mode because when the character dies, I feel frustrated and I lose my immersion. And I don't enjoy that. Like that takes the fun out of it for me. For me, the, the it's not about having really tough battles. And so that's not what I enjoy. I more enjoy the character interaction, looting stuff, talking to people, like discovering places. I, you know, I want to be super powered.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Which is always, <laughs> that is a big part of it, I think. That, uh, and and that was I guess as an aside, when, when I started playing the old Republic, uh, MMO, one of the things that developers said was they wanted you to feel like you were powerful. They wanted you to feel like your character in the game was powerful in world of Warcraft. A lot of times you can go up against one mob and die, you know, if you weren't strong enough, but in the old Republic, pretty much every time you had an encounter, it was for three to five individuals you were fighting so the and, and the way they did the mechanics, uh, I always played a, I played a smuggler and I also played an agent in the game and uh, the way I set up my character and the and the powers that I chose the, or the way that I you know their skill tree, it was to handle a lot of area attack and and multiple uh, to attack multiple targets at once and, um, and and it it was just a really cool mechanic It made it feel like I could throw a grenade over here I could freeze these guys over here, I could take out somebody and then kind of, you know, rinse and repeat and keep doing that. And it made you feel really powerful. Um, there wasn't really an easy mode in in an MMO necessarily, but, um, but that really made me feel powerful. Like I didn't need a group to usually go in and, and, and kill an enemy. Um, that said, uh, for, in, in terms of an easy mode, there are games that I've really enjoyed playing, but have gotten frustrated playing because, honestly, I'm probably not as good at that type of game as other people. Um, I think it's why I always really liked RPGs because I had a time to think. And and there are some games like, I, I think it's Dark Souls, where you can't even pause the game. Like there's not even a pause. You can pause it, but you'll die. I mean, there's a chance that you said something will come up and kill you um, while you're paused or while you're looking at the menu. And, um, and so... And That could be frustrating, and I could see how somebody might find that to be frustrating. Um, do you think I've never that, played
1: Dark Souls for that reason? That is supremely frustrating. Like, I get yeah. interrupted all the time when I'm playing games, my phone never stops, right? Like, it's, it's work emails, it's friends, it's my family back home. Like, I need to be able to pause a game and walk away from it for five minutes and come back and still be alive.
0: I absolutely, yes, absolutely couldn't agree more. Um, I, I I'm the same way. I mean, I, with whether it's family or one of my kids that's need something or in the middle of it, I got to change a diaper. Well, I got to pause the game and in Warcraft, I've got to go find a tree to hide behind and make sure I'm far enough away from, you know, patrolling mobs that they don't, that don't aggro something on accident. But many, 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 many times I come back to a dead character or already at the graveyard, you know, because I've been dead (laughs) for so long that uh, they just went ahead and sent me to the graveyard as a ghost. So, uh, no, I, I definitely can understand that. Um, what are your thoughts on on making an easy mode necessary, like not mandated mandating it necessarily, but like expecting that developers put an easy mode in there? Do you think that that's necessary, or do you think it's okay for game companies or uh, certain games to not necessarily include something like that?
1: Well. I would say, for myself personally, they cut their market in half if they don't have an easy mode. Like, I I won't play an Assassin's Creed. I won't play uh, some of, you know, Shadows of Mordor. I won't play a Dark Souls because it's just too annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, And furthermore, I think they need to consider people with disabilities. Like, everybody should be able to have a chance to be successful at the experience and enjoy the story that's trying to be told you know if if you have a learning disability or you know something like that and you know your reaction times aren't that fast an easy mode would really help you to still be able to experience the game so to a certain extent yeah i think they should i think even dark souls should like it it looks like a cool game the monsters look interesting like the concept sounds cool the idea that there's no scalability for people who want to enjoy the story part of it, or people who have, you know, challenges in gaming. Um, The fact that there's no option for them to really enjoy it kind of sucks and doesn't sound like a smart business practice, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree that, that it, it definitely is, partitioning off a portion of the gaming population that would have, I mean, you. I don't think that it's even that you could even argue the point that you're going to have make less money on a game. If someone knows that there not only is there no easy mode, but this is definitely a hard game. Like this is definitely a game that uh, you are going to have difficult time you know, mastering the mechanics uh, because that's how it is for everybody. You know, the, the mantra get good is, is that for a reason? And it takes, you know, some people, many, many, many trials, which equals many, many hours. Uh, you know, I know some people get really good at these games and I think can even get through the game without getting hit. I don't know what kind of insanity magic that is, but that's that some people are able to, to finish those Dark Soul games that way or Blood, bloodborne games um personally i've played dark souls 2 and uh i played uh i owned both dark souls 2 and bloodborne i enjoyed bloodborne i also found it to be uh i thought it was a beautiful game uh a little bit off-putting terrifying in that you know the giant enemies and just the grotesque monsters that you have to fight and the and the background story lore I thought was fascinating uh, the game is hard as shit and I have zero desire to go back and try to eat I never got very far in it this is not a secret I have mentioned this many times on this podcast um, but I still played it I played it for hours on the very first if there's such a thing as a level never got past it um, because I kept getting frustrated because you have to be patient in those games you have to be very patient There is no just hack and slash button mashing and you expect to get through. There are mechanics, there's parrying, there's rolling, there's knowing when to do those things, figuring out the pattern of the enemies, and and I don't know if it's my ADD or what, but I didn't have any time for that. I needed to go in there. Yeah, I do not have any time for that. I I think the weapon I chose in Bloodborne was like this six-foot straight razor blade. It was badass. (laughs) It was great. It was awesome. You just whip it out and, and it's this big old razor blade almost like a sickle shaped, you know, with the, with that, with the big handle, but it's kind of unwieldy. And, and, uh, when you swing it, it's really slow. And so you have to also time your attacks, not just timing when you miss and, and when you want to jump back in and actually attack. So, um, I don't, I don't think easy mode should be mandated, but I think that any kind of developer needs to take that into consideration that, I wish that Bloodborne had an easier mode. I wish it did. I would buy. I would buy all of their games if they did, and that's that's the truth. I would because they are fun, and they're. I mean, at least the parts that I've gotten to play before I got frustrated, those are fun, and the lore is really interesting, and the mechanics and the, and everything else that surrounds the game. That stuff is interesting. Uh, I like the idea. Like in, I think it's uh, Dark Souls Two. <laughs> you the very first boss you fight is within the first minute and a half of the game. you fight a boss it's like one of the first things that you actually do but you don't you're not supposed to fight him because you really don't even have a good sword at that time. you're supposed mm-hmm. to walk around him, go back out figure out and get get all of the things come back. you you basically go up to the top of this of this uh, temple jump off the second floor, back down to where he is, and then you fight. him. Um, I like having to figure out, that's old school, you know, that's how gaming used to be, where you kind of had to figure out what you're supposed to do. Uh, you know, you end up walking into the wrong area where there's really powerful enemies, and I say, well, I guess I shouldn't have gone there. Uh, and then you go the other direction. Um, figuring that stuff out, That's that's the kind of gaming that I grew up on, and I like that. What I don't like is when the boss, after you finally do get to him, is so hard and basically one and a half hits you you, and kills you uh, that, you know, you, and then you have to start all of this over again. And that's frustrating. That's, that to me is not as much fun. And uh, so that's why I think I like the idea of easy mode.
1: Well, I think um, more multiplayer games should have easy mode, and, and by that I mean more of them should do the Halo-style rank uh, matchups. I've, but, like, Fortnite completely missed a trick on this, because there are all different levels of players going into the Battle Royale, and it's not really fair if you're going up against, you know, Twitch streamers and you're someone who has never won a match by actually killing anyone like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so I think easy mode needs to be extrapolated out to make it fair for people to experience multiplayer as well halo in my opinion was the best at this Mm -hmm. um and uh i'm talking specifically about halo one and two where they had you know the the ranks and stuff and they would only put you with people um in in your same like rank level i think that is the best way to ensure a fun multiplayer experience for everybody but conversely to that i think games should also have always a permadeath mode because just as you're alienating people who like an easy ride you're also alienating people who want an extreme challenge by not providing the other side of that coin
0: right now i'm I I agree. I don't know what the solution is, though. You know, uh, there is the other side of the coin, too, where um, that there's really not a hard mode. What are your thoughts on games that that seem to be, that are just too easy? Or do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I mean... Like, like for instance,
0: uh, games that obviously you... Uh, or or maybe they're even they're, they're not necessarily meant for a younger crowd uh i think nintendo games fall under this uh, trap for a lot of people for some at least on their first impression that it's a kid's game you can't really die or it just uh you know the mechanics are, are simple enough that it's not really a challenge is is there still a, is there a place for that in in gaming for you
1: um, I think there's definitely a place for specific kids games like yeah. you know the, the little the, the penguin game that everybody loved and and you know neo pets and all that sort of stuff like there's definitely a place for that um, right. but I think if, you're a grown adult and you want to play an actual kid's game, you shouldn't be surprised that it's a children's level capability. Um, but if, if a title is uh, T for Teen, then I think you need to have a wide spectrum of uh, T for Teen or better. I think you need to have a wide spectrum of, dif- of, of difficulty because yeah. you could have anyone from, you know, a 13-year-old to a 60-year-old playing the game and they're gonna have different response times, you know, different requirements, different interests. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of people to shoehorn into what I like to call progressive difficulty models. I just, you know what I mean? And, And you know what's funny about that? Actually, I think games like Far Cry are too easy in that once you've got a good gun, it's easy mode. Yeah. You know, I've never
0: gotten that far in Far Cry, so I haven't had to worry about it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, if you're stealthy enough, it's really you can you can kill at least one person with a point blank headshot, and then take out the other guy on his own. Like they they seem to only cluster in uh, groups of two or three. You know, like I don't know, yeah. I have I have feelings about that. It's it's hashtag mood. <laughs>
0: I, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of on the fence on this one. and if I were if I had to make a decision, I would say, oh, I don't know. I don't know that I could, because I, I do have, this is, this is, this is the conundrum. If a game designer has a specific vision for the game as to how it's supposed to be played, then I'm I'm st- I'm fine with how Sekiro and and um, From Software's model of making these games, where they're they are challenging, maybe more challenging than other any other games, especially in that genre, um, because that's their vision of how that game should be experienced. You know, I'm fine with that. You know, I had to come to terms with that with Star Wars and George Lucas's vision. I was like, man, that's his vision. I don't like it. I don't like the way he's going with this, but that's his vision. You know, it's really it truly is his right to do those things, even though it's not what I necessarily want. And I think that you you can speak to that by not purchasing those things. If that's not what you want, well, then don't buy it. Um, Don't support it. Uh, On the flip side of that. In my heart of hearts, I wish that easy mode was an option in a lot of these games. I don't know how much more difficult it is to to program that uh, into some of these games into your model to make uh, make a mode that is easier at least. Um, but uh, I just I know how popular Game Genie was back in the day, and I think that there was another version of that uh, after like the Nintendo and Sega Genesis and Super uh, Game Nintendo Jerk. And Gen- Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah, basically you could just insert a insert multiple codes or, or uh, cheat codes and and ha- create your own god mode. Um, I think every person that I've ever met that's played Grand Theft Auto has put in the invincibility multi all gun mode and just gone to town. You know, and just play that game however you want to. Get a helicopter; nothing can kill you. You get a tank. I mean. That's, <laughs> it's wild and it's fun and everybody's done it. Even if that's not how you always want to play it, that having that option is something that I think everybody that I've ever spoken to that has played grand theft auto has exploited it. You know, they've, they've actually, they've, they've plugged that in and actually tried it. So it's not like it wouldn't be used uh, or that, that there's not necessarily a need for it. I just, I'm understanding if an, if a game designer has a vision of how they want people to, to experience something, I just wish that they would insert it. And I'm fine, actually. To answer the question I, I asked you, uh, I like the I like the option to have. I like the fact that we've got games of all sorts of you know, and and on the spectrum of difficulty, they run the gamut. And and having, uh, you know, having these options, sometimes I want just this relatively simple, easygoing, lighthearted. Uh, you know, um, linear experience. I, I want that. In fact, I'm kind of seeking that. I, I said that a few episodes ago, too. That's why I was going to play Yoshi's Crafted World, and I and I am going to play that. Uh, it'll probably be next <laughs> month when I can afford it. Um, But uh, I'm looking forward to that. I want to play something like that because I'm kind of tired of the sandbox stuff. I'm kind of tired of these huge open worlds. I'll come back to it. I, I They're great games. Red Dead Red Redemption Two is a beautiful, fantastically written, uh, you know, just immersive experience. Especially the the single player. I don't know about the multiplayer, but but I, I'm just kind of I'm I'm worn out with it. It's it's there. It's too expansive, too much of a personal time investment. I just want something I can pick up and play. And I think that's why I like Hearthstone. I I can pick up and play a game, put it down. And and uh, not worry about have I missed everything? Am I going to forget how to play when I log back in? Uh, <laughs> what are the mechanics? Where am I? You know. So anyway, well, closing thoughts. What are your What closing thoughts on easy mode? Yay, nay, or do we get a? Do, do they get a pass?
1: Look, I my closing thoughts is I think unlike with passive media, game developers have a duty of care to consumers to make it accessible. Um, and you could argue that movies are meant to be experienced visually. However, if you are blind, you can still consume a movie through the dialogue. You know, right. if you are deaf, you can put on subtitles. So I think that easy modes, to a certain extent, are the, a way to make the game more accessible they're the subtitles of video games and i think uh that game developers do have a duty of care obviously they have a vision and they can recommend what difficulty you play it on but forcing people i think is a bit extreme
0: yeah i agree Uh, i i mean I, i agree i agree um
1: you're allowed to disagree that's okay
0: well i think we disagree enough for me to be able to say i think we disagree although i think we generally don't but i like it that we we don't always i think that we i think both of these are valid points um that i like them having i agree with them having being able to have their artistic direction and and support them doing that and if that means that their game is inaccessible to some uh you know i'm okay with that I just wish that some of these games had it so that I could experience them. Um, so I'm, uh, you know, so I guess I'm going to stay on the side of do with it what you will, game designers, uh, and, and uh, you know, you just may not get any of my money. So.
1: <laughs> and I oppose. Make an easy <laughs> mode, or I ain't buying it. All That's right.
0: right. <laughs> She's she wants to give you her money. Given, give us an easy mode. Well, that what's that?
1: I was just giggling.
0: Yes. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time.
1: See you later.